Test and check and are you ready? Do you have your windows? What? Are they up? I have, I mean, I don't know what kind of phone oh, you have. Oh, oh. I have my windows. I've got two windows. Or, I'm sorry, I got three. Well, I have multiple tabs. I have two tabs, tabs open. And then I have, I have, of course, tab. Wikipedia. Right. Um, but yes, I have my three tabs open. I, I'm, I got it wrong. I should have said tabs. Oh, you're good. You know me. I'm not computer. Sad. I thought you were asking about my car because it's going to rain. No, beautiful weather here. I know. It's I getting know, nice. It's very nice. We have some with anticipation. Welcome to Weather Talk. <laughs> Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Doing, <laughs> doing very well, thank you. I want to get to it. Yeah. I want to get to it. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we just got done uh, with a little bit of a bitch sesh, getting the, getting the crud off. Yeah, it's off. Before we jump into this absolute gem. Anticipation. How has your week been? It was good. It was good. I had a good one. You had a good one? I've never heard you so just trying to you're 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 known for being a talker I've been thinking about this all week but you're just like no small talk this week we're doing Elvis Presley's (laughs) Jailhouse Rock yes we are yes yes we are Mark in in the annals of lyrics to go history we've had Mm. certain ones that you know we've got your Billy Squires we've got your your uh, your police proles Mm. So to speak, and and the one that's always that always made that uh, the the jaw dropper, the quintessential jaw dropper, I think mm-hmm. for this show was always hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all I want to do is make love to you, and that's, then there. That's are, how I feel. I, I thought that maybe we'd never reach those heights again. We might go past them on this one. <clears throat> of that's did you know? Of did you know? That is an important. That is an important thing to say here. Um, because of what, what we're going to unveil, mm-hmm. um, is that this is not a, uh, uh, uh this is a, whoa, is a, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't Mar- Mark, this song is ingrained in American consciousness. Yes. It is, it is part of our culture. It's part of our heritage. Yeah. This is a, this is a heritage episode. Yes. It, it, <laughs> it very much is. I mean, um, this song has been recognized by the Grammy Hall of Fame. Shit, let's just go the to the American right Film away. Institute. Um, this song was released uh, in 1957, written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Um, it was written specifically for a movie, um, along with three other songs by that songwriting duo. Uh, kind of a cool story. They uh, had gone to... Um, New York City to write some songs for this movie and we're basically uh, going around and watching uh, Miles Davis and Thelonious Monk and all these jazz musicians every night and just going out and and partying and going to places and eventually um, they basically had to get locked into a room. Uh, Guy basically was like, you know, I'm not letting you out of here until you have my songs. And they wrote four songs in five hours. And, of course, this is one of them. Well, these guys could do that. Oh, yes. This is Lieben Stoller gave us so many. They gave us Stand By Me. 
we could sit here. We could do an entire episode on. Did you know Lieber and Stoller wrote that? Wrote that Jerry Lieber and Stoller. Jerry Lieber and what's the other guy's name? Mike Stoller. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just know them as Lieber and Stoller. I've heard that throughout my life. Uh, there's just a million songs that we could sit here and talk about, but we're trying to condense this down. We're trying to get to a point here. This song. Yeah, they wrote Hound Dog. They wrote yeah. Love Potion Number Nine. They wrote On Broadway. Jesus. They. I mean, they've written their fair share of yeah. You 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 were lullabied to sleep by a number of Lieber and Stoller songs <clears throat> when you were a kid. It's just sure. it's 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 unbelievable how much they've done. This song is so damn popular. It was ranked on a on a very huge Spanish radio station, Rock FM, as number thirty one on the list of five hundred rockers of all time. That means people in other languages recognize that the importance and the the gravity, the, the 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 bigness, so to speak, of this song—it's huge. Yeah, the uh, the movie that I was talking about before was originally going to be titled "Ghost of a Chance," right? Or I'm sorry, uh, yes, "Ghost of a Chance." Yeah. And um, this song, when they wrote it, they knew immediately it was going to be a hit and changed the name of the movie to "Jailhouse Rock." To "Jailhouse Rock." Yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those things. And the beginning is. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, it's weird, like with music intros and stuff, you know, you never have a second chance to make a first impression, et cetera, et cetera. This intro is just two chords and a couple of drum hits. Yeah. And it immediately hooks you. I mean, it's it, it you know, the one of the things I was reading says it's basically the envy of every songwriter. Mm-hmm. It's a six second intro that I'm probably sure that I've quadrupled up a couple times while we were introing the song as I sometimes do um but the fact that it's just gun 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 and you're just like oh yeah, that's it whoa everybody <laughs> knows the first second of this song and I mean it's it's a lot of the song too it's all the verses yeah. um but man it really grabs you but mark yeah did you ever pay attention closely to the lyrics you know I hadn't. I hadn't either. And I, I, do you remember how we heard about this song? No, you just, uh, well, I remember how I heard about it. You, you texted me and said, you're not going to believe this. And I didn't. I can't remember if someone sent it to me or if I just found it somewhere or what have you. I, you know, I try to make it, I, I've had people and I, and bless you all. Thank you so much. Who've sent me like memes and stuff. Um, or like, you know, reels or videos of people talking about certain songs and talking about the lyrics. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate that, but I, you know, I don't want to, I always worry about reiterating, first of all, other people's content and some of that's going to be impossible. Yeah. Like we're going to, we're going to talk. If anybody else talks about lyrics, then at some point our, our ships are going to pass. We're going to cross the stream. So it's, to speak. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to happen. But I, I, you know, I worry about if I listen to their stuff, I'm going to repeat the information they give, et cetera. So I try not to pay attention to this stuff. I try to just like someone's at. You know, Ruby Tuesday, they hear a song They're like, huh, that's weird. And they look up the lyrics and then they go, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. Um, so we try to go by that. I do not. If, if you are the one who tipped me off on this, I apologize if I just found it myself somehow. What a fucking score. Um, Mark, will, how did you know I do most of my work at Ruby Tuesdays? <laughs> I love Ruby Tuesday. The, uh, go ahead. One the, of the best salad bars there are. Actually, yes. Um, it, it won every freaking just its chart position when it came out in 57 okay 
Australia, Belgium, Finland, it was in the top 10. 10. Big deal. This We're just talking about the U.S. market, which is, of course, don't think I'm being jingoistic here. It's the one that mattered back then. U.S. singles. UK, U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Billboard bestsellers. Billboard most played by jockeys. Billboard most played in country and western. That's the one where it didn't go to number one. Only number three. Billboard most played rhythm and blues singles. Billboard top selling country and western. Billboard top selling rhythm and blues singles. Cashbox magazine's top country and western singles. It went number one and stayed there in every single one of those categories when it came out. Uh, The interesting thing is that um, in 1957, the Billboard biggest hits of the year, this wasn't even his biggest song of the year. The biggest song that year was All Shook Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very interesting. The top five for that year were Elvis, All Shook Up, Pat Boone, Love Letters in the Sand. What? Elvis, Jailhouse Rock. Elvis, Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear. And Pat Boone, April Love. So I think that's interesting because it's a, a changing of the guard. Yeah. I mean, this is... Well, oh, yeah, this is... This is Pat Boone out. Elvis Presley in. A lot of people say that what's the big musical sea change in American history, and that is the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. Right. It's true. That was a big thing. But even John Lennon himself said everything changed when Elvis Presley went on and shook his hips on the Sullivan show. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, It was a generation of people going, oh. And again, this is one of those things that... It's we've talked about it, I think, before on this show recently, you know, it's the 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 jump from uh, Edith and uh, and what's his name sleeping and Archie sleeping in separate beds to uh, Dennis Franz's ass being on NYPD (laughs) blue like a guy shaking his hips. It's like, are you fucking I mean, Shakira talks about her hips not lying, Mm -hmm. but I mean, back then people just stood still with a microphone in their hand. And crooned, and then this guy comes out there and he's shaking around. Everybody's picturing his fucking fat dong flopping around in his pants, <laughs> getting all fucking hot under the collar. People freaking out. Uh, it was definitely a changing of the guard. Yes, it was definitely a big, big thing. It's when uh, America changed. I mean, yeah, it just it, we uh, us we as a nation changed at that moment. It was not just musically, but culturally, the equivalent of the monolith in two thousand one, a space odyssey. <laughs> It was like, it's here. We don't know how it got here. We don't know why. But it's here. Now, I just want to take a second before anybody gives us any grief and, and let you know. Um, and just kind of say this in general. First off, Elvis, not the best guy on the face of the planet. And second of all, I don't want to make it sound like him on the Ed Sullivan show or him. Uh, was it was he on the Ed Sullivan it was Ed show? Sullivan, okay. yes. um, that this is the first time anybody had ever shaken their hips. Seth and I are wildly and deeply aware that this was all taken from black music. Um, And I think we'd be kind of remiss if we did not mention. Yes. Just to let you know that Hound Dog is the song that he became famous for shaking his hips on the Ed Sullivan show, which a lot of people point out is uh, was originally done by Big Mama Thornton. Yes. Which is a fact written, however, by none other than. Leaving Stoller. Yes. So, you know, <clears throat> there we do realize that hip shaking had been going on for a long time before this happened. And like Mark said, not a saint. As a matter of fact, somebody had to shake their hips to make Elvis. So, I mean, you know, down through the A's, a lot of hip shaking going on throughout the eons. But um, ain't that the damn truth? But uh, you know, it's it's not a saint. 
I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say that he's on like Jerry Lee Lewis level. I mean, that was that was pretty bad. Elvis, not a saint, but he's there, like Mark said, 2000, <laughs> the monolith. It's there. We don't know how it got there, yeah. but it's there. As soon as I said that, I was like, well, we do know how it got there. But, yeah, but, but it just, it was there. It's there. I mean, it's, kids looked up. There was no internet. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, kids looked up and saw sexuality in a, a teenage early 20s male um gyrating his hips when that was not something that happened often if at all on TV now now <clears throat> this now most of this hip gyration you would think that it would be focused on the ladies mm-hmm. am i correct i mean you would you would think that as a possibility i mean you think of like beetle mania and, mm-hmm, and women mm-hmm. fainting yeah and the the most of the crowd screaming for elvis as he shook his pelvis you would think it was it was intended for the elvis pelvis the females in the crowd i'm not saying that at the time there weren't guys out in the crowd that were probably attracted to as a matter of fact i think there's probably a hundred percent chance there were men in the crowd that were oh, attracted 100% to it. hundred percent they just weren't you know it just wasn't out in the open it wasn't yeah. you know it was a little repressed because back then you would get beat to death <laughs> yes for yeah. being like i'm horny for elvis's hips and i'm a man and then you would wake up with in a hospital or dead. Yes. <clears throat> You'd wake up dead. But did you ever think that the topic of one of Elvis's songs could get to that, especially the early Elvis? Did you ever think that, Mark? No. No. Me neither. I had not. Me neither. Um, <clears throat> so let's go ahead with that and get into uh, into the lyrics about a, uh, about a little hoedown thrown at a uh, jail cell somewhere in 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 everywhere United States of America. <laughs> a warden threw a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard those knocked out jailbirds sing, let's rock. Everybody let's rock. Everybody in the whole cell block was dancing to the jailhouse rock. I just got to jump right into that chorus. Yeah, no, no, no. Fair enough. That's good. <clears throat> I think it fits. You can't, um, I can't imagine anybody getting up in arms if, you know, if you're not seeing, if, if you're just hearing Elvis and not seeing Elvis getting up in arms. Now, at the time when this came out, a lot of people, and this was an issue, we know that it's not anymore, and thank goodness for that, they would say, he's trying to sound black or African-American. And to a degree, even though you and I would listen to this and go, oh, it's white guys singing, but just with a little more soul, that that's it. And that might have been what was dangerous or or edgy about Elvis at the time, the way that he was perceived by white America, who was, let's face it, his target audience. Mm. Those, Those girls that he was making scream in, the others, were probably mostly, not saying all, but mostly white. It was the audience. Um, but if just hearing or just reading verse one, the people that were allowed to have money, right? <laughs> they were permitted to time. buy and sell that had the mark of the beast. Um, these are innocuous lyrics. Yeah. I was going to say the, the first, the first, the first, first we slide in very easy. Yes, of course. That's the little way you foreplay. Do you don't want to cram it in. Mark. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Don't want to go in dry. I will say the second and third lines, the second line starts with the prison band. And then the third line starts with the band. So he's just kind of talking about the band a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> he says the prison band, the band. It's, a hot it's topic like back then. yeah, I know. Well, you can you don't have to say the band again. <laughs> we know we're pretty much 
talking about the band here. The band, the band, they began to wail the band. I mean, the 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 warden throwing apart. I mean, I know that we're we're talking about a movie here, and yeah. we have to somewhat, um, you know, pretend that reality. We have to suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this starts with like a bunch of prisoners, some of who will learn by name here, are getting a party thrown for them. If you ever say if you ever say Shawshank Redemption, if you ever saw Shawshank Redemption, you would guess that wardens are not known for partying. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, okay. it, I mean, you know, and these are people that you probably don't want to uh, let party because you know they're in there for doing bad things. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not even going to get into the the uh, industrial complex of the uh, jail system and all that. But (laughs) let's just let's for now, let's make it as apolitical as we can and just talk about if there are people in there for doing dastardly things, a warden throwing a party for them. I guess it's like the uh, version of your manager throwing a pizza party. Um, they it, so the prison band. Yeah. Now, do you think this is a band that is made up of prisoners, or do you think that this is a band that exclusively plays prisons, sort of like Johnny Cash? You know, Jonathan we forgot Money. to watch the video before this, and there is we a did. video, and in there the really video, is. it's well, it's a clip of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and it, it actually looks just if you're just going to watch the video, it looks like an interesting movie. I don't really, I don't think that it is, but uh, it's a well-made video. Thirty-one movies. Elvis oh yeah, made. Jesus! And this is considered one of his better ones, but I don't know what that. I don't. That's not saying much, maybe. Well, you had King Creole, you had Clambake. He made one here. Just as a side note, he made one here in Florida called um, "Pioneer Go Home" or "I Take This Land." It was filmed up Jesus. in Steinhead. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it was. Uh, it was actually written. The book was written about Matt Lachey. Um, really, this is this is not bullshit. Matthew Lachey. Matthew Lachey, <laughs> right off the coast of Le County. It's, a, um, it's, a, it's the uh, is is any relation to Nick Lachey? <laughs> Jesus, if Nick Lachey has a brother named Matt, it's all over. Welcome we gotta, to Puns to Go. Welcome. <laughs> this week, welcome to Puns to Go. <laughs> this week we take a deep dive into Nick and Lee and Matt. <clears throat> um, it's he he filmed one up there in the uh, in the Panhandle. Um, it's actually not a bad movie. It's one of his better ones. Another little trivia fact: uh, there was a kid on set when they were filming. A little guy known name, name his name was uh, Tom Petty. Oh, whose uncle was working uh, on the production crew of the movie. He went there and he saw Elvis when he was a child. That's interesting awesome. stuff. He was known for making movies, and of course, Jailhouse Rock movie. If you see the video, um, it's it's a it's actually. Uh, it looks like a video that's not made for MTV. It looks like a video that was made for a movie, but damn straight, it's actually pretty good. It's yeah, it's really not good. bad. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, I have an interesting fact about the music video that remind me to come back to it later. Okay, but if you're watching the video, it seems as if there is a band playing in the background. They would be made up of prisoners. So if we were to go along with the prison band being made up of prisoners and not driven in from the local clam joint you know we would we would assume that the prison band is in fact all prisoners I, i'll just go ahead and say it now um stoller from uh lieber and stoller is the one playing piano in the movie oh. um they originally oh. wanted to have lieber play piano um even though he didn't know how to play piano the director was basically like who the hell cares he's just gonna like put his fingers on the keys he just looks like a piano player you don't <laughs> um, and then unfortunately uh lieber ended up getting sick 
and needed to go to the doctor. So they ended up using Stoller, but he had to shave his uh, goatee mm. because it was, quote, a scene stealer, end quote. Uh-huh. Um, and the rest of the uh, members of the band are actual members of uh, Elvis's band. Oh, like Scotty Moore and and uh, the guitar player. And what's the drummer's name? I can't remember their names. Mark just remember, Davis. We always remember that Scotty Moore was uh, was the, was the his guitar player, his early guitar player. DJ Fontana. <laughs> That's the other guy. Mm. Yeah, the drummer. Um, I, I just want to point out real quick the last line. You should have heard the, those knocked out jailbirds sing. Uh, the genie sanitation says sing is to be taken literally here, which is funny. Uh, thinking of like someone being like, Oh, like told the cop, like ratted out the cops <laughs> to, to the cops, like that they sang, um, you know, the, uh, the old parlance for, uh, you know, ratting someone out. He was a stoolie. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, no, no, the, here he just means like literally sing. Yeah. These jailbirds are, ca- are, are, are singing away. And then it says the other, the word swing is another word for dance. Uh, jailbirds are simply people currently in jail or were in jail. In other words, the people in jail are dancing and singing. Yeah, okay, thanks. Okay. Well, uh, that is about all you can take away from verse one. Yeah. You know, that's it. I mean, other than the unusual warden that lets a party take place. And the chorus is we really have nothing to add, I don't think. Let's rock, everybody, let's rock. Everybody in the whole cell block was dancing to the jailhouse rock. Okay. So then we get the second verse. Spider Murphy play the tenor saxophone. Little Joey blowing on the slide trombone. The drummer boy from Illinois went crash, boom, bang. The whole rhythm section was the purple gang. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in the whole cell block was dancing to the jailhouse rock. Got a lot more to work with in this one. A lot more to uncover. A lot of little interesting things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that are that are seemingly innocuous. Uh, Spider Murphy, who the hell is he? Was there a Spider Murphy in real life? I suppose we could refer to uh, um, Genius on this. I don't think there actually was, but later a band named Spider Murphy Gang took the name for themselves. That doesn't yes. come as a shock at all. No, I don't think uh, I don't think either of the two <laughs> members that are talked about there, Little Joey and Spider Murphy, um, were actual people. But you do see a guy playing saxophone and a guy playing trombone in the music video. However, from now on, whenever I see you on stage playing trombone, I'm going to refer to you as Little Joey. I don't know if you'll ever see me play trombone on stage again. Really? But, well, I mean, I, I, I'm not against it. I hope if anybody wants. I hope uh, that's uh, just you uh, being, you know. I just can't think of any reason right off that uh, I would, um, that, you know, that I would. But if anybody ever asks and I could. There's I, a jazz uh, band out there begging for a little Joey. Well, again, I yeah. mean, please uh, hit me up and, and feel free. I'd be more than happy to. To poorly play trombone, relatively poorly play trombone for you. Two good names for members of a backing band. Spider Murphy, Little Joey. Why the guy from Illinois doesn't get a name. Maybe we'll just call him Illinois Crash or something like that. I don't know. But why he doesn't get a name, I'm not sure. How Why it's special that he's from Illinois, I'm not sure. But he went crash, boom, bang. Um, doesn't sound too good. Um, mm-hmm. I did look up uh, DJ uh, Fontana to see whether or not he was from Illinois, but it does not seem like he was. Okay. He was from Louisiana. Um, so, uh, you know. But it gets a little interesting with that last line, Mark. Did you Tell clip on more. the genius? Uh, I did. Okay. Go ahead and... Uh... So, last line, the whole ri- uh, last line, the whole rhythm section, you know, the only rhythm part of the rhythm section we actually get to hear about is the guy from Illinois. 
So we're just going to assume that it's just a bass player and a drummer. The whole rhythm section was the Purple Gang. And according to Genius, Purple Gang, also known as the Sugar House Gang, was a mob of bootleggers and hijackers with predominantly Jewish members. They operated out of Detroit, Michigan in the 1920s. That is interesting. Lieber and Stoller are both Jewish. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they incorporated this, you know, Michigan gang into a song, um, the, the nickname of a nickname, essentially, into mm-hmm. the song is interesting to me. And I think another part of what makes them great, good writers. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great. You know, it's uh, you have to dig for it. But, um, you know, getting to those little bits of information, little scraps underneath are what make things really flavorful and beautiful. Now, <clears throat> I don't I don't want to I don't want to pick apart stuff here. That's but here for, the drummer is is a member of the rhythm section. So to say that the the drummer boy from Illinois went crash boom bang the whole rhythm section of the Purple Gang, well then why are we even talking about the drummer boy individually because he's a member of of the, the rhythm of the rhythm section. section. Yeah. So don't know that we necessarily need to talk about it twice. I know that's a stupid thing to bring up. And the um, whole rhythm section? You mean the the two? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> bass, drums, piano. Piano's could rhythm be, section. Piano be. is definitely rhythm section. It, uh, you think piano, so? it, well, this is an interesting fact in case you didn't know it. Did you know? Percussion instrument. Piano is a percussion so instrument. So is guitar. Because the, yes, because the, because the strings are struck. That's correct. Um, so like, just like a harpsichord piano, there's a little hammer that hits it. So even though you're pressing a key, it's a hammer that's hitting a string that makes it a percussion instrument. So, I mean, three people, maybe guitar, I guess you could say. You could say. In this song, uh, I can't wait to get to guitar, the guitar solo. When you get to uh, <laughs> um, rhythm section one ad, you know, you're going to blow that up all of a sudden. <laughs> it's not just bass player and drummer anymore. So we got our band now. Let's get yeah. into the third verse. Here we go. Number 47 said to number three, you the cutest jailbird I ever did see. I sure would be delighted with your company. Come on and do the jailhouse rock with me. Seth. Mark. That's weird, huh? Because. Have you ever done the jailhouse rock with anybody? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in jail? Yeah. Was it a co-ed jail? No. Kind of hard to find co-ed jails. I can't imagine the horrible of what would happen if it, if the jail that I saw and that I was in was in fact co-ed. Especially in the 1950s, huh? Uh, even in any time. I mean, but especially I mean in America. In in 1950s <clears throat> in a time where Edith and and <laughs> Archie were sleeping in separate beds. Oh. There's going to be a level. Or, well, of, I'm, I'm sorry. Back then, it was the honeymooners we're talking, not yeah. a Ricky and Ricky and uh, <laughs> and uh, Lucille. And Lucille slept in separate beds. Um, so, Dick Van Dyke, yeah, Carol, they they slept in separate beds. I mean, Jesus. So, when we got to this line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with these two numbered people, mm-hmm. and one of them calling the other one the cutest jailbird they ever did see. Mark, they have a name. They are not a number. Well. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? They're going to be when they're done. <laughs> they're going to be. <laughs> so I I read this line a couple times. Like, what's happening here? Uh, now, again, this is just like a holy shit. I do not care mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, this no, is from Song Facts. I care. 
It's it's unusual. Well, man. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's unusual. In, it, I mean, it was a shock. It's yeah. From uh from the Song Facts article, the line number forty seven said to number three, "You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see," is a sly reference to prison sex, but was not offensive enough to create any controversy over the song. I, at the time, nobody's gonna think that. I don't think they are. I mean, I mean, some people, there's going to be guys in the 1950s that are walking around with bandanas out of the wrong pocket. Number 47 is going to come up to him and say, hey, do you want to be number three? And this begs the question, Mark. If Will you number be my number three, three? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure number three had to see number one and two walking around funny. You know, he knew what was coming. Literally. He knew what this was about. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He knew it was coming. His <laughs> penis. Oh. His very penis. Yeah. The cutest jailbird. You can't imagine that there's going to be a jailbird of the opposite sex in jail. <clears throat> so when he's talking about the cutest jailbird, shocker, if for the 1950s, it's a dude. Yeah. It's a dude. I mean, and I don't know if Lieber and Stoller have ever, like, came straight out and said, by the way, in case you were wondering, that's definitely a dude. But... um. Uh, I don't really know how you think it's not. Um, and again, whatever. Good good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, you know, when this song was written, it was supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, the Wikipedia article says, Presley, however, sang it as a straight rock and roll, overlooking the jokes in the lyrics. Like the suggestion of gay romance when inmates number 47 and number three, uh, you know, have that interaction. Um, I don't believe Elvis Presley, uh, a young man from North Mississippi who would have been sheltered from anything remotely like this caught on to, or picked up on the subtleties of this song in any way, shape or form. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I believe that really. Um, well, I mean, there has been, and I mean, I think a lot about, um, I really mm-hmm. wanted to see about possibly having Adam and Logan back on, because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot now about the so- songs like this and things like this happening where there are like slight nods to a specific, you know, minority group, um, especially at the time where it was not okay to just have songs like Relax. You know, which even back then was a slight nod without coming straight out and saying this is a song about being gay when you want to come. Yeah. And so you and I may because we're not looking for it. You're you don't care. Right. Um, But the interesting thing is um, so this is also from the Wikipedia article. Gender studies scholars cite the song for its famous reference to homoerotics behind bars. While music critic Gary Mulholland writes, Jailhouse Rock was always a queer lyric in both senses. Um, and Douglas Brode, uh, I don't know if it's Brode or Brody, writes of the film production number that it's, quote, amazing that the sequence passed by the censors for the time. Hmm. So, I mean, I think this song was running on our noses for a long time and we never realized it. Yeah. But that's why we do this podcast. I... I... I, I have to double down on my statement about uh, Elvis not, not getting it, not knowing. He's a little Pentecostal boy from North Mississippi who probably never would have been 
confronted with this in the 1950s, I, I can I, I, something deep down in me tells me 100% that he did not understand what was he just thought oh you know jailbirds like a you know it's it's just a part of the song they're using the application of romance in this to appeal to ladies because that's what I do I believe 100% that Lieber and Stoller knew what they were writing knew what was going on they're two hipsters from LA man they well, yeah, knew for sure they did I think it went right over Elvis's head it That's might my have, belief. It might have. I mean, I guess we'll never know now. Um, did did you just real quick another aside? Did you ever hear the story about um, um, Don Rich when he became a member of Buck Owens's band? Mm-mm. So when he became a member of Buck Owens's band, he was uh, they he started touring with him. He was only like fifteen or sixteen. He famous guy played right alongside Buck Owens on stage. He was the guy that harmonized with him on all the songs. He's only 15 or 16. <clears throat> Buck Owens took him out on the road when he was a teenager, and they were all sleeping in rooms together. Now, Buck famously was like a James Brown-type character. He got his own room. So uh, <clears throat> Don had to go sleep with the bass player and the drummer. And when he went over there, those two guys, and you got to remember, these guys are all from California. A little more hip and with it, you know. They started making jokes about which one was going to sleep in front of Don Rich, which one was going to sleep with him first. Of course, him being a teenager got freaked out, mm-hmm. <laughs> walked over to Buck's room and said, are these guys playing with me? And he and Buck looks at him and says, of course not. Now get back over there and wait for me to show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So it's the difference between California and the South. I completely believe oh, that sure. Lieber and Stoller got it. I just think it went completely over Elvis's head. Well, mm-hmm. one way or another, it definitely was there. There was definitely highly uh, homosexual coded. I don't even know if you can say coded. Um, you know, as soon as I saw the line, I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe. Now, you know, I, I the first and second lines, I think, are the most popularly like well-known ones yeah and then from there the song kind of just repeats so it's kind of like whatever it's easy for it to just kind of like fade into the background but you just want to dance at this point. yeah, yeah. i was i was very shocked uh we get just another like chorus. The monolith it's yes, there <laughs> yeah there it is uh with him shaking his hips then we get this guitar solo <laughs> seth it's i'm gonna come out and say it this really? is i know you're gonna say you don't this is the worst guitar solo we've had on the show. Oh, God. All right, here we go. I mean, well, now, let me just say that is not accounting for time. Okay. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I know back then musicianship isn't what it is today for most people. But Jesus Christ, what a clunky fucking mess. And it's so short. And I, I think I could probably grab a guitar and learn it. Oh, yeah. Right now within like three minutes. Of course you could. But um, you could probably play it with just not even learning, just going like if you were to put the the on there and you could just play. I would prefer just silence. I'd prefer or not silence, but (laughs) I I prefer just like drums, bass and piano. I disagree. This is going to be one where I think we're not going to be on board with. It's not. I'm not. I I just I like to treasure guitar solo. I'm I'm going to input this guitar solo in the background. You're gonna be like guitar solo is terrible. I think it's, it's incredibly like, stupid. Clink, 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 clink. It's incredibly stupid. It's also yeah. incredibly childish, which I think is supposed to come through on the song. Yeah, I, I really think that it's. I think I'm gonna go out on a limb here. We've heard worse. I uh, maybe maybe, I don't know. but it's it's he not does, great. He does a whole lot of nothing in a very short amount of time. True. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, so he makes that 15 seconds feel like an hour. <laughs> then we get the fourth verse. 
Sad Sack was sitting on a block of stone, way over in the corner weeping all alone. The warden said, hey buddy, don't you be no square. You can't find a partner, use a wooden chair. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in the wholesale block was dancing to the jailhouse rock. What a weird fucking, what a weird verse. Absolutely, man. That, it just, it, so it, this is a lot, it, it's really hard to figure out, especially in light of the undertones of the previous verse. If Tim is listening to this, uh, and I think maybe Fletcher and Kristen who listen, um, I think I may have shown in this clip. Have you ever seen, <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, Harmony Corinne movie Gummo? Oh, of course. Uh, there's a scene, a famous scene where a, a group of guys are in a kitchen and one of them is wrestling with a chair and he's like, he's kind of like fighting it and everybody's like, kick its ass. And every time I see this line, when I've been going through it, that is what I think of <laughs> in what world does dancing with a chair replace having someone to dance with? In the world of the warden, who is already off his rocker, letting jailhouse guys have a party. Wardens don't do that. War, do you think the warden, any other warden, would really care about how Sad Sack's temperament? Do you think any other warden would care about what happens to this one guy and say, "Hey, buddy, it's okay. Well, it's the just same, use a wooden chair. Just, from the just same, fuck it up." From the same <laughs> warden that brought you, I'm throwing everyone a party. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Um, I will say one of the funnier um, Wikipedia, or I'm sorry, one of the funnier genius uh, annotations, perhaps the most forever alone idea in history. <laughs> Still in prison, women are few and far between. So dancing with a chair does not seem to be that bad of an idea. But what have we learned from uh, number 47 and number three? <laughs> Don't always have to have a woman. Shit's going down. I've yeah, it's going I mean, down. Yeah, so um, I maybe this guy is just so heterosexual. He's just crying at the fact that these other men are able to uh, to find other men cute and dance with them, and he's <laughs> left all alone on a stone slab. So the warden says, "Just dance with a wooden chair." Mark, he's sad sack. You would expect him to be that way. Yeah. So that's why the are you going to try and change his? Why are you going to try and change sad sack's attitude? And that's the other thing. So sad sack. Um, I, I guess it's just like a nickname for him, but uh, it was also a U.S. Army nickname in World yeah, War yes, II yeah. uh, for a loser and also became a comic strip uh, and a comic book character. Um, <coughs> and then there's like a little thing with him and he's there's like some kind of I don't know if it's my, a lobster. my grandfather, a World War II veteran would often say, why are you being a sad sack? I mean, I remember hearing it growing up. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, I don't think this has anything to do with World War Two. I think no, it's just but like it's just the euphemism. You're just a boohoo. You're yeah, just, just you're euphemism. just you're just crying and sitting sitting over there. So, you know, it'll cheer you up is dancing with a wooden chair in some fucking world. Then we get the th the fifth and final verse. Shifty Henry said to Bugs, "For heaven's sake, no one's looking. Now's our chance to make a break." Bugsy turned to Shifty and he said, "Nicks, Nicks." I want to stick around a while and get my kicks. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. I'm not doing it. It's okay, because we need to get to the point here. If there's anything that's going to back up verse three in the rest of this song, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Tell me more. Well, dude, 
Nick's Nick's, I want to stick around a while and get my kicks. So, okay. This... You're not leaving. If you got the chance to break, you're getting out. Go ahead, Mark. Well, no, 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 no. I just, no, please finish. You're not going to stick around. Is Do you really think that male-on-male prison sex is that awesome? Well, there's some guys out there. There's they some do. that think it is. For sure. You got those G.G. Allen, who, by the way, on the Hard Times this week, it was revealed that G.G. stands for Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls Allen. <laughs> I yes. laughed very, very hard at I that. did, too. But there are people out there. You would think that there... I've heard of people going to jail specifically for the awesome prison sex that takes place. <laughs> really? I have read that. I've read, I read it somewhere, and I believe it, damn it. Okay. <laughs> it's, the internet. Uh, yeah, it's out there on the internet. No, you have to believe... Listen... It, it, there, there's people out there that enjoy drinking from fucking urinals, man. There's, it takes all kinds. And you know that there's a person, that there are people out there that are in jail and enjoying the sex that they are having while they're there. So, okay. so it has to, it, 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 it just lends itself to, I want to stick around him while and get my kicks. Do you think he's sta- staying based on the idea that the warden might throw another party? Well, maybe he might. I don't know. What we know about that verse, about number 37 and or number 47 and number 3, is that there's some shit going on and people want to stick around for it. It's there. So, first thing I want to talk about is the saying, get your kicks. So, I mean, at when I was younger, I thought that getting your kicks meant getting off but now i i you know as i've gotten older i've real you know i've i've come to understand that it just means like you know getting your kicks on route 66 is just getting like getting off feeling spiritually. yeah feel, yeah it's when your heart comes <laughs> um so let's start from the beginning here because this is a very kind of strange verse to me but i think i kind of have an answer to the ending here that might satisfy you so shifty henry first off, is based on a real person as well. Okay. He was an L.A. musician. He he was a bassist. Um, and he uh, was sponsored by Fender Basses. He played upright as well. He also played flute, violin, viola, saxophone, and oboe and was a session musician and arranger in L.A. What he's doing in jail, I don't know. Now, I guess this kind of goes back to, well... What he's doing in prison, I don't know, because he's obviously not a member of the band, because we know that the whole rhythm section, including the bassist, could be playing violin or flute. That's okay. No? You got me. Set and genius. You you got me. He could be playing a mean viola. Mm -hmm. Um, So what he's doing in prison, unless the prison band is just people that tour prisons, like Jonathan Money... (laughs) Um, but what he's doing in prison otherwise, I don't know why he's in jail because he was not a known criminal and I don't have any history that he's No, been... I, as a matter of fact, there's a picture of him on Genius. He looks like a pretty upright guy. He does. Awesome bass too. Bugsy, um, or, you know, Bugs, uh, Bugsy is obviously a reference to Buzz, Bugsy Siegel. Um, and Shifty Henry, which the name Shifty Henry, I guess it does... <laughs> It does definitely have like a jail connotation. I was about to say, it also kind of doesn't lend itself to heterosexuality, does it? <laughs> I, I don't know. You've seen Henry? He's awful shifty. Stay away. <laughs> Cover your cornhole. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, no one's looking. Now's our chance to make a break. 
So apparently Shifty Henry in this iteration of the song is a criminal for whatever reason. So Bugsy turns to Shifty and said, Nick's Nick's, which I mean, talking about being in the 50s. That's I don't even think that fits in the 50s, man. Uh, maybe That's not out there. Yeah, uh, it says the genius annotation in order to complete the rhyme and denying the jailbreak. The author wrote Nick's Nick's, which holds the same value as no, no, not really. Not um, Lieber and Stoller's finest moment. No, no. I want to stick around a while and get my kick. So, yes, I mean, I think that just like I read a little bit earlier, that there is a sense of comedy in here. This is not a serious song. So, like, the 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 concept of, like, being, like, this jailhouse jam is so good that I don't want to go and be released. I want to stay here and hang out. It's supposed to just be funny, I think. Right. I don't think it's supposed to be like <laughs> no one fucks my ass like number three. So <laughs> and one and two. <laughs> and but I also don't know how to tell shifty fucking shifty, shifty Henry, Henry that I want to get fucked. So I'll just tell him like, uh, no, um, Nick's Nick's. I, I, <laughs> sticking around for the encore, Nick's Nick's. Um, so I think that's probably what the, the story I am is so there. glad that Lieber and Stoller were in, in, able to inject this level of levity into prison sex mm. much much different from tool you know i mean <laughs> yes that's, that's def- this yeah, definitely has i'd a rather energy. smile about this than <laughs> so then at the end we just get the repeating of the dance into the jailhouse and, and we're all going to assume that this is all consensual well uh, to I, some extent I, yeah I, I yeah i mean nobody's you know i mean as consensual as it can be yeah. um and then that's it just very very uh shocked um, at a 1950 song that is a little tip of the cap to uh, to homosexual activity in a jail cell. Mm. Had no clue. I, it, it was... I still remember that... I, if you put a mirror in front of my face when I was reading these lyrics, my jaw was a, was a wide open. Yeah, as I soon was, as I uh, mentioned it to little... you, you were like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like that's like coming up like really soon. Thank goodness it did. Uh, what's the creep factor here? Uh, I, this is a I, weird I, we one. We have to go over something. Okay. So this also begs the question, were there, now let's, were there, were there, were there homosexual tendencies in any one of the players, meaning Elvis or Lieber and Stoller? Well, it's funny that you say that because when I when I found out when I saw that and I was kind of looking up this morning through um, Lieber and Stoller and stuff, I clicked. They have a they have a, a um, uh, they have a Wikipedia article for the both of them mm-hmm. um, because they went into the songwriting hall of fame and like. I think it was like 1985. Very, very early, yeah. Um, so I was kind of wondering, like, I wonder if these two dudes, like, had a history. Um, I did not see anything. I put in the words Lieber and Stoller gay in a Google search. Mm-hmm. Just very casually, very quickly. And absolutely nothing comes up that either one of them had anything but, you know, straight as an arrow life lifestyles, you know. Um I I don't th- like I said earlier I don't think it comes as a shock that they would have written it about this knowing that they were in Los Angeles in the 1950s where uh, a homosexual community did exist. Oh, they for sure. knew it. They knew it and they were hipsters and they knew that it was going around. They would have been around it. So I don't think that uh, I think that I'm I- I'm so happy we found this. I-, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's actually awesome. I think it's wonderful. 
Um, there were people out there that speculated on both of them. Of course, lots of people speculate on Elvis himself. Was he? I seriously, seriously doubt Elvis knew what was going on or for one minute ever considered anything with a male. If you knew anything about him, uh, he was very, really, he was kind of a straight-laced guy. He was very, very much into gospel music, not saying that it couldn't exist in those realms as well. Um, but I just don't think that, that it, it could have been part of who Elvis was. Um, so, but the fact that they were able to put this into a song and let's face it, man, I, I don't care who you are. You have to recognize that, that, that the insinuation it's there, mm -hmm. it is there. And I think it's awesome that they put that in there, uh, so far back and that you got to see this part of America, um, at that time and how it was treated. Uh, that's the way it was. And, uh, you know me, I love flipping history and I love when we were, were able to unearth, uh, little aspects of ourselves that are, that are there and uh, and and bring them to light that aren't so bad. This is this song is not so bad, which le leads us, I think, right into creep factor. What's your creep factor? I give it a very low, low creep factor. Okay. Believe it or not, because I once agree with again, you. It seems all consensual. Sure, it seems you know guys wanting to stick around for a party. He's not wanting to leave. Mm -hmm. Prison sex is a little creepy to me. That's just me being a straight cis male in America. Okay. Uh, the idea of it is a little creepy to me. What what aspect of it? That you are two people confined in a cell, uh, cannot go, for, you know... It, there's there a power has to dynamic. Be, there has to be a there. power dynamic. Well, there's a power dynamic in all sex, I think, to oh, a degree. absolutely. Yeah, but the fact that you are... There are two people and one person, there's a, you know, there's no escape. If, right. if things go bad, there's no escape. Sure. So that regard to prison sex is a little bit creepy. But the way that this is presented... It's very it's, sweet. It's a part. It sounds sweet. You're the cutest sounds jailbird like I ever did see. Absolutely. So Would you like to come and do the jailhouse rock with me? I would, Mark. Oh, so, so, Mark... Sweet. Thank you. Are I you number a, three or are you one, number 74? I'm number... I'm going to be number 5,000. <laughs> Because okay. it's going to take a long time to get to me. Um, I'm going to give it a 1.2. In the words of Fugazi, I am a patient boy. I wait. I, Mark <laughs> is going to wait. wait They'll be waiting I'm a while. Fine. It's a 1.2. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you put it. He, he just touched my foot with his foot, just so everybody knows. It's there. Just so that way. <laughs> it's, it's the other monolith. Yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't. I don't think I could really agree with you more. In a in, When you're in jail. You're confined to one building for it, whatever amount of time, months, years, your life, as opposed to the real world where you can like maybe move away or whatever. So all that is to say that like um, it seems consensual. It seems it seems fun um, and it seems a little problematic in that they're making it sound like jail's so nice. You won't even want to leave. <laughs> but again, you have to take some of it tongue in cheek. You know, it's a movie for crying out loud. Um, I will give it a, uh, I'll match your 1.2. Wow. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think this is, that's a, it's, it's just so it, it, other than the fact that it's just that it's taking place in a prison, everything about it sounds, Hey, you're consenting adults. Have sounds at it. pretty, sounds pretty all right to me. How about it? Yeah. Let's do a re weird one. This one, this one was at the top of our list for a long time, near the top of our list. I, I mentioned that Seth and I went through and kind of called um, some out. Um, and this is now the number one uh, on our list. We went through the lyrics. They are very bad. 
Um, it was a, a star that shone so bright for a little bit of time, and then his, his light kind of went out. His name is Andrew W.K., and we are going to be talking about the song Party Hard. This is going back. This was on the list from the beginning. I mean, this was one yeah. of the first ones. I think I was just like, these lyrics are dumb as shit, and I put it on. And then we kept just kind of like going past it. We just danced around it all the time. Yeah. And then I eventually was, we went through them again, and we looked at them, and I was like, God, these are so fucking dumb. It was our wooden chair, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Yes, we mm. were on a stone slab. Mm-hmm. And then the warden came along and said, you know what? Go pick up Andrew WK over there. <laughs> and I said, well, when you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, so listen to A Party Hard by Andrew WK. Um, Seth, anything you want to say before we wrap up here? So glad to have people out there paying attention, listening, and checking out our Facebook pages. We have a our Facebook page and Instagram page. We have a email address, lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. That's when I really find the joy in doing this other than sitting here and talking with you, Mark. <laughs> Otherwise he's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> when I get an email from somebody that says, did you know, have you ever seen this? I love hearing you guys. Those emails make all the difference. So remember lyrics to go pod at gmail, go out and tell a friend, tell them the name of that Gmail address. Let us know, give us some info God damn. Prison sex never sounded more fun, Mark. It really does make yeah. it. It kind of makes me want to go into prison. Maybe I'll go kill someone tonight. Oh, my God. What if I killed somebody? <laughs> then this that Donald Trump? You were like... We're going to love you anyway. Just go to find his computer and listen to the episode we recorded today. Uh, I echo everything that Seth said. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is... This episode is being released on Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes. So uh, I hope you all, if you have a day off or a half day like myself... Um, or if you're working, I hope you have a wonderful day and, uh, we will be back with Andrew WK's party hard next Monday on another episode of lyrics to go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>